Spoilers! Spoilers! Spoiler season with us! New cards! Awesome, and welcome to uh, the sixth, we're on six, right? Sixth yep. episode of Spoiler Season. Um, you might have heard a new melodious voice singing today, uh, and that's because our friend Min is joining us. Min, do you want to say a little bit about yourself? Hey guys, um, I'm not going to fabricate the truth. I'm full of energy to have come here on my vehicle. Do you see what I did there? I, yeah, I, yeah, that was good. That was um, LSV quality uh, punning. Right, thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. So, uh, yeah, Min is going to be joining us uh, on occasion to review some cards. Uh, Min is a very good player as well, uh, and very good at draft in particular. Uh, so he'll be able to lend some insight uh, into those categories. So we wanted to start off with the Puzzle Knots today, the Puzzle Knot cycle. Do you want to read them all? We should. Okay. <laughs> all right. So there's Metal Spinner's Puzzle Knot, which is a two cost artifact when metal spinners puzzle not enters the battlefield you draw a card and you lose one life you can also pay black to sacrifice it and draw a card and lose a life yeah so all the puzzle knots follow the pattern of they cost two mana they have an etb and then you can pay the color and then two and sack it to get the etb again basically so that's the black one metal spinners um the blue one is etb scry two and get two energy the green one we already saw earlier, it's ETB, gain three life, get three energy. Uh, the white one is ETB, create a 1-1 one, one colorless servo, artifact creature token. Uh, and then uh, that one actually costs white one instead of white two, so, you know, whatever. Uh, and then the red one is uh, ETB, one damage to a creature or player. So, uh, Min, what do you think of this cycle? Well, from a limited perspective, I think they're not spectacular. They're probably a pretty late pick, but... I mean, there have been cards that surprised me, surprised me before, and things that give you energy, especially the blue one and the green one, I think they could be unexpectedly useful for certain decks You know, that pick the shiny rare or shiny mythic that require energy usage and just start blowing people out by accelerating energy super fast. The white one, you know, it's, it's not destructive playable, but again, in limited, you're going to get two creatures for one card, which is not terrible. I mean... Things like Vessel of Ephemeral saw play, mostly because of flying, but here again, going wide could be something that's real. Um, and creating uh, tokens for your, for your to create your vehicles could, you know, be interesting. Sure, and with uh, Fabricating play as well, you could definitely go wide and just decide to spam 1-1s and hope to get there that way. Yeah, same thoughts. I think it's a bad sign if we don't really like them for limited. They're definitely not making it into any constructed decks. Um, but I, I like that you pointed out the energy because I, I think these could be good ways of getting energy, at least the blue and the green one, if you do have some really big payoff card that you draft early or find in a sealed pool. Yeah, and I think as we're seeing more and more of the energy cards, we're starting to get a better sense for how much energy is actually worth. Um, and it's definitely possible you want to ramp up to energy so you can do something like Aether Works Marvel or whatever. Um, but I think we're going to continue to get a better sense of this as, as we see more cards with energy. Um, in particular, the red and green aggro cards, because I think that red-green aggro is getting some good pieces, and they so far seem to have an energy sub-theme going on with that, so I, I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. Um, good to close the door on the puzzle knots? <laughs> yep. Okay. I guess they're not as puzzling as we thought they might be. Aha, uh aha. -huh, uh -huh. So punny today. <laughs> that was pretty is inspiring me. Uh, <laughs> so... Despite the paradoxical outcome of my pun there, uh, we're going to review another card. What card is that? 
It's a paradoxical outcome. Oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> you want to read this one? Sure. Paradoxical outcome is three in the blue. Uh, instant, return any number of targeted non-land, non-token permanents you control to their owner's hands. Draw a card for each card returned to your hand this way. Okay. This card, I think it's super exciting. I think that this is, it has potential in standard. I don't know really what deck it has potential <laughs> in, but like this, uh, like it's a super powerful effect, right? I mean, it can, you know, you can use it to dodge removal or whatever, but it seems like usually you're gonna wanna use it to replace stuff and to draw a bunch of cards. Other fringe uses I can think of for it are like, you know, if you have two or more clues, you get to just crack your clues for free beyond the second one. Um, so if you, you know, run that teamer clues deck, you get to pay for return all your 70 clues to your hand and you know they vanish but then you just draw that many cards and you get to do so at instant speed which is nice but i think where this is really going to shine is in older formats um, formats like modern where you can put this into eggs uh, or whatever the new version of eggs is and because all of your stuff is you know more or less zero mana you can cast this return all of the eggs to your hand recast them all plus have a hand stocked with all the cards you just drew you can put this in um the pure steel paladin deck and you like that you might not need to there because like maybe the deck is already fine but again those return them all to your hand to play them again like it's just a very powerful card what do you think of it for limited men well this is sort of a card i've seen before it's sort of rare that i first pick and say like, <laughs> i'm going to draft around this sucker and then i get nothing for it and it ends up in my sideboard um i'm very excited for that to happen <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of things if you do want to draft around this card what are you looking for <laughs> uh, is there a thing you're looking is, for is there a strategy here uh gear hulks uh, five color gear hulks i like I five color gear hulks cool strategy draft the mythics yep. good strategy yeah ryan i have a question for you yes so you know, you're better. You, you've you've practiced the standard a lot more than I have. Do you think this would have been usable in, say, like band company against uh, control? Oh man, that's that's good. So the cool thing about this is it does allow you to dodge sweepers, right? If your opponent goes languish, like sure you can spell queller, but maybe it's later game. Maybe you don't have um, a spell queller in hand, um, and this lets you return everything, draw a ton of cards. And then re you get back your spell quellers on board. You get back your reflector mages. It seems. I mean, it's hard because we we've been so dry in terms of our blue card advantage that if I see a four mana instant that draws an absurd number of cards, like it catches my eye. And I think that yes, like in Bant Company, this might be worth a sideboard card. I worry a little bit that like four mana is a lot, and like it's a very niche use of languish, right? So uh, I think that you probably just run uh, like negate or whatever over it, mm -hmm. um, but it, it you know it's it's certainly a powerful card. Sure. I guess uh, one other concern I have with this card is you are paying four mana to bounce presumably an, a good number of creatures to your hand, and then you're drawing that many cards. Do you think you have the mana to play your creatures out, or are you just discarding stuff that was good? Yeah, so I think that you're right. We need to look at this kind of as a filtering card, and at least in like standard. You're kind of filtering for good stuff where maybe you're in the late game, you're looking for one or two pieces that you need to close out the game, and you're looking to re-trigger ETBs with it. And in older formats, that's not a problem, right? Because all your stuff is so cheap, you draw it all, and then you just go, bam, you're dead, and cast it all. All 14 <laughs> of your cards, and you're all set. 
All right, so next up is Aetherflux Reservoir, which is a four-drop artifact. Whenever you cast a spell, you gain a life for each spell you've cast this turn. Pay 50 life, and Aetherflux Reservoir deals 50 damage to target creature <laughs> or player. <laughs> when I read this, I, I had to double check. I had to like read it again and be like, what? Pay 50 life? I've never seen that in an activated ability before. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is really cool. Like, Storm is back? I can't do the math, but I think you're right. <laughs> how, how many so, spells do you need to cast? Yeah, so you? I'm pretty sure it was nine, nine or ten, uh, and it, depending on like whether you're at six life or twenty life or whatever. Um, it's about that uh, in order to just kill them. Um, I think this card could see play in Modern Storm um, as a one to two of because sometimes like Grape Shot just isn't isn't good enough, or sometimes like Grape Shot's just not what you want to be doing. Um, so I think that this deck in Storm is pretty good. This also helps to cushion Storm in that if there's a turn where, like, you know, they start going off and then realize they're not going to be able to finish, they don't have to go for it anymore and just hope. They get to say, okay, I'm going to pause. I already gained 20 life, so that will give me a pillow for one more turn. Maybe I can get another draw step. Maybe I'll hit that Manamorphose I need, and then I can go off next turn. Um, so the ability to cushion is really nice. And the other purpose that comes to mind is uh, Soul Sisters. Is that deck has been seeing a little, I don't know, I feel like it shows up in leagues, it's 5-0's leagues every once in a while, um, and it's a weenie-ish aggro deck that seems to me like it would like to have access to a card like this. Even if it's out of the sideboard in certain matchups, I don't know a ton about Soul Sisters, I've played against it a couple times, um, but this is just so powerful because it's not hard for them to hit 50 life at all. And not only that, but now they have two Soul Wardens out, you cast uh, some Soul Warden effect, right? You get a bunch of triggers. You say, okay, now I gain a life off res Reservoir. I gain two life off the Wardens. You cast another one. Oh, now I gain another two life. I gain another two life. Like, you, it, it compounds so quickly in that deck in particular that I think that it's not unrealistic to expect to be able to pay 50 life to kill your opponent. I don't know what the mana curve of Soul Sisters is like, or, or Storm drops. for that matter. So, <laughs> so four is a lot for that, though, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. I think that it's worth it. I think, like, in a Storm, you more or less gain access to infinite mana, so, like, a f drawing this, casting it, and then completing your Storm Chain is a fine thing to do. In Soul Sisters, uh, their curve is really low, but all of their cards individually are also super weak. And I would, I would be more than happy to put in, again, one or two copies of this. And they do run, uh, or some versions of it, run things like, uh, what's the three, Spectral Procession? Uh, which is three mana for three spirits. Um, so they, they run a couple more expensive cards. I think this is fine. It's like a one or two of. No, what else is fine? EDH. This, this will be a very <sighs> popular EDH card. Yeah, because you start with 30 life. 40 life. 40, 40 <laughs> life. Don't I don't play EDH. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, Alora is a very popular commander. You just stick it in. You know, you have a, another instant win condition besides Felidar Sovereign. Seems, seems pretty Yeah. Pretty wow. You get to cast, if you have a four mana, uh, four power creature, you get to cast, what is it, that green one, Feed the Clan? Yep. Gain 10 life, and then bam, you're dead. Yep. That's Same sweet. <laughs> that is really but good. But you are paying 50 life, and you might be leaving yourself in a really bad position if you only take out one other player. I would argue if you're at 50 life and you use this to kill your only other <laughs> opponent, then you should, everybody wins. <laughs> it's... Say just draw. That's Everyone wins there, except the player you killed. <laughs> right, they're the only loser. Great. Uh, any other comments on Aetherflux Reservoir? It's really pretty. 
Yeah. It is really pretty. No, the, the art is great. Is, yeah, uh, it is pretty. The, uh, the, the conduit. What, what's the... The great conduit? The great conduit is so beautiful. Oh, it was written by the same person who wrote Ashaya. Ashaya. <laughs> did you read that story? I did read that <laughs> Every time I saw a great yeah. conduit, we, we tried replacing it with Ashaya, and it sounded right. exactly the same. Exactly the same? Yeah. yeah. Rashmi's like, I believe in the great conduit. I think I lost touch with the great conduit. I don't know what it's trying to do when she couldn't get to the fair. And yeah. then she's like, I can. The great conduit had a plan. Ashaya! It was exactly the same as Ashaya. I, yeah. I, I can't stand it. Um, so if we're good with that, we're going to move on to a card that I know, Katie, you are pretty excited about. All about green, all about them hydras. Um, so this is green, green for a 4-3 hydra. Uh, when bristling hydra enters the battlefield, gain three energy. And you can pay three energy to put a 1-1 counter on bristling hydra and it gains hexproof till the end of turn. So hexproof is cool. Um, that's a very green thing. We haven't seen a lot of it recently. This is obviously conditional, right? It's not just hexproof all the time. You do have to pay for it, but you can do it at least once, which is yeah. Nice. You, I mean, basically, like the threat of activation is sufficient, right? If you have three energy and your opponent has a removal spell, they're not going to cast it because you can just give it hexproof. Um, and I think that's you know a common pitfall you might see with this is people swinging and then being like, "Ooh, I really want to pump this," so they pay the three energy to pump it, and then in response, your opponent kills it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say you know. Four mana for a four three is fine. Um, if you have extra energy, then feel free to pump it. Um, but it, I would like to leave hexproof unless like, your opponent is is tapped out. This is the sort of guard that I th- that makes me think though that the green puzzle knot is going to be better than than people might think in limited, just because you get sure. that energy early. Sure. Um, yeah. That's and if you sacrifice, that's two pumps for this. Um, Coast from a four three to a seven six. Or yeah. Itself, which is. Pretty impressive. It's very good. It's almost like the green puzzle knot is just converting directly mana into energy, yep. which yeah. doesn't seem terrible, especially when you see cards like uh, Bristling Hydra. Absolutely. So, what do you think you're gonna put this in a constructed deck, Katie? Uh, I don't love the three toughness. I think it's very killable. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe. How not. about turn four Bristling Hydra, turn five Green Gear Hulk? I mean, I want to play the Gear Hulk anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think uh, you want to play, you know, cards that are good by themselves. Um, and Bristling Hydra, you know, I think if there is a deck that's very heavy into energy, then maybe this sneaks in. But I think it's it's kind of unlikely. Might be unlikely, but I'll point out that for things like if if somebody wanted to build a deck against Aetherrex Marvel, right? Yeah. Um, so use just six energy. This gives you half the energy. Um, you yeah. have the creature on board to help block. You have the threat hexproof at any time, so it makes it really hard to remove. Um, I, I can see it being used in situations like that. Sure. I think that's important to keep in mind is that um, even though they put both abilities, both energy abilities on most of these cards, produ- energy production and energy uh, sync in some way, you don't have to use both of them, right? We've talked in the past about cards where we really liked uh, the production and didn't like the activation or vice versa. And this is a card where, again, as Min pointed out, you can pay four mana, get a four three body, and get three energy, and leave it at that. And that might be totally fine to do in a deck that's looking for a high energy payoff. Next up, we're gonna look at Shrewd Negotiation. So Shrewd Negotiation is blue four, sorcery. Exchange control of target artifact you control and target artifact or creature you don't control. This card, I think, is uh, either really good in the right shell, or just pretty terrible. 
Um, I think that if you have a deck that can reliably produce clues or servos, um, then this is worth running as a one to two of, maybe in the board. Uh, it depends a little bit on the meta. It reminds me a ton of that, what's that card? This Converge card? Exert Influence. Exert Influence, yeah. It reminds me a ton of Exert Influence, except it's better. Right, so Jessica, we saw Jeskai Black run Exert Influence in the sideboard uh, for mirrors and for any like Obzon decks that they wanted to take control of the Siege Rhino. This card I think is very similar, where if there is, uh, you know, you're in a matchup where you uh, want your opponent has bigger creatures than you, this seems great as long as you can produce clues or servos. Because I don't think you actually like otherwise it's way too conditional. I don't want to hope that I have a bad creature on board to trade for a better creature. Right. Right, Give like, them your puzzle knot. Well, <laughs> but then I'm playing a puzzle knot, and that's a problem. <laughs> no, I, I mean, as as a, I, I'm not a control player. I, I leave that to people who enjoy that more. Um, <laughs> so this is a person right here to my right. But I can tell you that as someone who likes to attack with his creatures, this is a card I'll be very scared of and constructed. Yeah. Even if no one plays it, I, I it'll be in the back of my mind, and it'll make me feel like I I need some way around this. Yeah, definitely, because it's it's a. Another card that, and the reason Exert Influence was so good, is a card that can't be removed. It's not like a mind control where you're like, oh, I'll just uh, destroy the enchantment, right, and get my creature back. You can't get your creature back. This is a two for one for five mana, um, assuming that the card you're giving them has no value. It's a two for one for five mana, and that's awesome. So do you see this in, like, a control deck, like, taking your opponent's stuff to kill them with? Or is this more in, like, a mid-rangey deck where you're maybe taking their bigger threats? Yeah, I see this in a mid-range, edging to mid-range control deck. Um, I mentioned Jeskai Black. Jeskai Black is the exact kind of deck that wants this. Um, and if you remember near the end of that standard cycle, Jeskai Black still had creatures in it, but it was... <laughs> it was more or less a control deck, right? That like that one with creatures. So I think if and that's you know the direction that Wizards has been pushing control. So if you think of that as a control deck, then yes, I think that uh, it would probably want a card like this. Um, but again, contingent on you need to be able to produce servos and and or clues, and you need to be able to do so in a way that is good by itself. Like, I'm not going to force servos and clues into a deck just so I can run this card because this card's not good enough for that. If you find that your deck ha happens to be doing that incidentally, that's when I say, oh, you know what, Shrewd Negotiation uh, maybe deserves a look as a one-of main or a one-to-two-of in the side. Um, I have to say, I would also be really stoked to open this at the pre-release <laughs> because I just I have terrible memories of I'm like doing really well, I have a good board, and then my opponent draws their bomb, and I can't get rid of it. Just take it. Right. That's mine. <laughs> that gear hulk looks real good. Yeah, oh, it's very right true of you, Katie. <laughs> so, uh, fingers crossed on opening that, even though I don't normally play blue. I mean, it's uncommon. Like, yeah. you'll probably open one. If you play uh, four pre-releases, like, <laughs> like the real champs over here. Or five. Or five, as Min sometimes yes. does. Yeah. But by the last one, you're I wasn't really playing. Little... <laughs> um, great. So, uh, yeah, that's a card I think people should just, like Min mentioned, keep in mind. Like, keep that in your mind for Constructed because uh, it might just show up. Next, we have Key to the City. Uh, Key to the City is a two-mana artifact. You can tap it and discard a card, and up to one target creature can't be blocked this turn. Whenever Key to the City becomes untapped, you may pay two. If you do, draw a card. What do you guys think of this? 
I am massively confused just looking at you know, all that text. Um, it's first of all, I think it's 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 great in terms of design to how you know wizards are supporting older mechanics like madness, obviously. Um, sure. Like Delirium that. as well. Delirium. Yep. Exactly. Good point. Um, discard a card. Creature can't be blocked. You can draw like draw a card. There's just so many things that this card can do. It's kind of hard to nail down exactly what you want. But as you said, like Team Emerge, for example, would love to get to Kozak's return returning the graveyard. Make it so that our um, elder defiend can't be blocked, and then draw a card when they run out of gas. Sure, it's like a pretty good card in situations like that. Sure, I even think that I mean because it's only two mana, it's so cheap. Um, you could run this in the you know kind of defunct, never really got off the ground red black madness aggro deck where you get to go the the three two vampire, the two two vampire that has madness or whatever. Um, you get to go, whatever they're called. They're all the same. Falcon um, Gorger? Yeah, Falcon Wrath, Gorger, or Falcon Wrath. Uh, or it's the 2 2 discarded card against flying. 2 uh, 1. Uh, yeah, 2 Aero 1. Falcon Wrath. Air Falcon Wrath. Oh, See, yeah. it has Falcon Wrath in its name. Yeah, um, and so, yeah, so that thing, uh, or, I mean, they already kind of have evasion built in, but like if you want the Gorger, which doesn't have built in evasion but enables some other Manda stuff. Then you get to say, oh, I'm going to make my Gorger unblockable while also Alms of the Veining you and hitting you for three, uh, which seems fine. I don't, I don't know that like this suddenly puts the deck over the edge, um, but maybe that's a one, one spot that it could be. How about its second ability? When it becomes untapped, you can pay two and draw. It's like a clue, but more restricted, because it untaps during your upkeep. <laughs> yeah, so you do have to spend that mana right then, before you draw for your turn, or before you draw off of this card. If there is a way to tap this down very naturally without using its ability, I think it gets better. Yeah. Uh, but, like, this can't crew stuff. I know. I was like, I wish it could crew vehicles. <laughs> you know what we need? We need Starfield of Nick. Artifacts. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And then this is a creature and can crew stuff, and we're set. See, I think this should just be, it says key to the city, but it should be, like, key to the ignition. And so you just, like, uh. turn it to turn on a vehicle. Oh, that's flavorful. That's oh, yeah. Good. That's Why good. are you not designing cars for wizards? <laughs> I don't know. Tell them to hit me up. <laughs> uh, Min, would you ever play this in a draft deck? I would I would definitely play it in the draft deck. If, if it's, it's not necessarily a first pick. I don't think it would be a great first pick. But, mm -hmm. you know, like, as a mid pick, I would stick in my deck. You know, gives your creature evasion. gives you card draw when you need it. I, I have no complaints about that. Yeah. It seems like it'd be great in the late game when you're top decking lands and you need to get through for those last couple points of damage. You can just chuck the lands that you are bluffing in your hand <laughs> and uh, get through with your uh, gear hulks. So. Yeah. I do like the gear hulks. Yeah, the five color gear hulk. <laughs> Speaking of which, we have our black gear hulk for the day. Uh, so this is the noxious gear hulk. Uh, four and two black. Artifact creature construct mythic rare. It has menace, and when Noxious Gearhulk enters the battlefield, you may destroy another target creature. If a creature is destroyed this way, you gain life equal to its toughness. It is a five four. It is a five. Yes, a five four. Yeah, I think it's perfect for. Uh, it's it's great. It's amazing. You, know, <laughs> you play it, kill something, gain life. Though so I think the life gain is extremely relevant. Yes. Um, the menace, the vision. It's 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 just awesome. I mean, there's everything about it's good. Yeah. This card, uh, you know, it's not as flashy as the blue gear hulk or as interesting as the white gear hulk or maybe the green gear hulk, but this card is very, very efficient and powerful and good at what it does. Um, this is fantastic against the emerge decks. Um, first of all, they don't have many creatures out, so the menace makes it basically unblockable. Second, their creatures are all huge, 
which means you get to cast this, gain 6 or 13 life uh, off a Deep Fiend or an Emrakul, uh, and then swing in. Um, and also, this is removal stapled onto a creature, which means that uh, it can hit Emrakul, um, and it can't be negated, it can't be um, dispelled or anything like that. Uh, this is like, uh, reminds me a little of Goblin Dark Dwellers, um, because you often would just use Goblin Dark Dwellers as a removal spell, um, but it, it gains life, yep. which is so good. <laughs> yeah. So good. I mean, th like, you think about a deck like Grixis, right? Grixis could gain control of the game completely, and then it would lose, because it was at two life, and someone would get through with their little hissing quagmire, and you're dead, right? This thing helps to prevent that. Um, and if you have multiples of these, you can gain extra life. If you have some way of bouncing this to your hand or playing it again or blinking it with Displacer, you get to gain more life. Um, I, I think Noxious Gear Hulk is a great Gear Hulk to, uh, to be had. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm, I'm also comparing to the other Gear Hulks. It dies to most of the other Gear Hulks. It's, it's like a little bit smaller. But keep in mind it has Menace. Yes. So I think that is a redeeming, a redeeming feature. The other thing I was thinking about, so I'm loving all these double black cards we have, or just black cards in general. So we have that like awesome demon, the flying that deals two damage to everything and um, gains you energy. And then we have the live fast, die young, that gain energy and kill a creature. So I I want to build a deck with those cards. Do you think those, do they fit in the same shell? Or are they doing the same sorts of things? So I think that yes, I would put Noxious Gear Hulk in a control deck. But I would also put Noxious Gear Hulk in a mid-range deck. Um, I think it's a great top end. Uh, it has evasion, hearts block, kills something. Um, it's just a really solid card. I With the other cards that you mentioned, I think it's too early because I think that control with the leaving the exit of Languish, control is going to look different um, unless we really get a, a like one-to-one -one replacement for Languish of some sort. Um, and right now, and like, you know, it's not clear either, what's our win condition? Um, because we, we have a couple of interesting options here with Metallurgic, Summonings, I think that's what it's called. Uh, and it's not clear, like, what, what's the win condition? What's the sweeper? What's the best card draw? Uh, so until we figure out what colors that shell is in, like, it might just be impossible to play a demon in a, uh, the demon in a deck, in a control deck. You might not be able to hit triple black. But, you know, maybe in Amonkhet, when Devotion comes back, uh, we get to play Mono Black Devotion again. What? what? Devotion's coming back? <laughs> Oops! I, uh, yeah, Mara told me uh, Devotion's coming back, so... Oh, wow. Not really, sorry. Should I make Devotion great again? Yeah, I know you were a big fan. Um, yeah, but uh, this, this card is really good. I do think the biggest downside is the four toughness, um, because you can double block this with Gideon Knights and kill it. Uh -huh. um, so that's a little like it just it feels a little sad yeah right like basically it would be a one-ish for one which then you know is not as good yeah mm. I'm sorry man yeah <laughs> sorry. but like realistically it's great <laughs> card is awesome and it will definitely see constructed play um, I'm excited to jam this into uh, any black deck that I run uh, again I think this is like um, right Chandra Put it in any red deck you have. Noxious Gearhulk, I think, goes in the vast majority of black decks you're running. Um, Nissa, maybe a little bit less, but like Nissa's also so powerful that like you probably just put her into most of your green decks. And then there's Sahili. <laughs> <laughs> Crickets chirping. Yeah. Then there's Sahili. But you know, combo piece. I think she has a much more specific role, 
and I think that if we find a shell for her, she can be super, super powerful. But she's just not a, like, I jam her into any deck. Right. So I have a question for you, Ryan. Would you start playing Blink Effects in Standard if you have a lot of Gearhulks? Yeah. If Honestly, if I can find a way to get, like, Gearhulks plus Reflector Mage and or Spell Queller and a Displacer, I would run that. Um, the problem that I have is that the Painlands are gone. And it's not clear to me that we can actually support Eldrazi Displacer in any kind of shell that wants uh, multiple colors in its casting costs. Mm. Uh, like double black, double white, double blue, with Eldrazi Displacer needing like colorless on turn six is really hard. Really hard. That's why you'll have to run the uh, paradoxical outcome and well, <laughs> maybe. slow motion bounce and replay your stuff. <laughs> maybe. The very slow motion. <laughs> Um, I wonder, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Red Gear Hulk does as well, uh, because they've so far stuck to spoiling one Gear Hulk a day, so they, they hopefully they'll give us Red tomorrow and we can look at that and, and figure out how good it is. Do you guys have any projections? <gasps> we were speculating this on this last night, right? Yeah. We both got the black one wrong. We were going for like flashier <laughs> stuff, like uh, ETB, return a creature you control to uh, battlefield, and like you know, return a creature and opponent controls to the battlefield. Like, right. way too good. <laughs> but, like, we're like, well, maybe, like, there's going to be some way to do something with, like, choices or graveyards. Um, yeah, because all the Gearhulks have been super flexible. Yeah, they've been really flexible. And they make you think, like, what is the best shell for this? This Gearhulk is not. This Gearhulk's just like, it's good. <laughs> I would put it in a black deck. Yeah. Uh, do you have any predictions for the red Gearhulk? I think it will probably burn something. Yeah. It could. It could definitely burn stuff. Um, I wonder whether they'll do a, uh, since they've been experimenting with it in red, maybe a can't untap land effect where you go oh. play the red gear hulk. Your opponent cannot untap up to you know four target lands next turn. So oh, wow. it's similar what? to Deep Fiend. Broke. Similar broke. to Deep Fiend. I don't think it's broke. I think it'd be very very good. <laughs> it's like I would play it. Turn so gear hulks are what sick drops. Yeah. So turn six. You can't play anything on your turn no, six. No, turn six, you cast it, and when they untap, or try to untap, they get to have only, like, three mana available instead of six. Or seven. Yep, broke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty good. Thank you. Yep. Broke. I, uh, I think it would be pretty good. I would play it. I, Especially on... if you blink it. Oh my gosh, tap everything, never untap. Wow, your eyes open so wide. <laughs> oh, I would love to play a lock like that standard. That yeah. would be so good. Just remember, Eldrazi Displacer is hard to jam in decks now. I know. Scott, believe in your deck, man. Scott, believe. <laughs> Do you want to tell your belief story? I don't remember my belief. Your belief story about your uh, land count in your draft deck. <laughs> oh, right. So there was this um, back in Battle of Eldrazi, you know. I, I, I don't like high land counts, but I've been just persuaded that um, sometimes 18 is the right number. So in Battle of Zankar, there was this amazing deck I had that had lots of top end. And I said, okay, you know, I had to go up to 19 lands. It's the only way this can work. Every single time I played it, I would get land screwed. I would just not draw the lands I needed. I would end up with a handful of expensive cards and nothing could come out. And so I was going up against my last opponent and she said, you know what? The problem is that my deck knows I don't trust it. If my, duck, if my deck believes that I believe in it, then it will give me the cards I need. So the answer to getting land screwed is obviously to take a land out. <laughs> and then for the rest of that day, I had the perfect draws for that deck. It was amazing. It, it was the best deck ever. Oh, that's that's logic for you folks. So that's, if I can give people one piece of limited advice, it's believe in the heart of your deck. There you go. <laughs> Classic Yu-Gi-Oh right there. Uh, so that's all we have for today. Uh, we are... 
having a blast reviewing these cards. Um, these, you know, these keep coming out, and like I'm, I, I think I mentioned this last time. I'm expecting them to run out of gas and spoil like a normal card, but we keep getting these pay fifty life, kill someone, uh, great gear hulks. Um, just, the cards are really, really interesting. Very, uh, I think, challenging to figure out where they're going to fit in standard um, because, as Min alluded to earlier, they're so flexible. Um, and it's hard to figure out, like, okay, this card does seven different things. Which two or three are the best in what shell, right? There's a lot of open questions there. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, uh, and if they spoil anything over the weekend, we'll come back for that. But be sure to follow us on Twitter, uh, at spoiler underscore season. Uh, we're on Tumblr, uh, spoilerseason.tumblr.com. We're on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash spoiler season. We're on iTunes, spoiler season. And now we're on Google Play, spoiler season. So, you know. Pretty easy to find. Yeah, we, sh we should be easy to find. Yeah, Subscribe so, to us. Share us with your friends. Yeah, let us know your thoughts. If you have predictions for the Red Gear Hulk, let us know those. Yeah, make them fast because uh, you know it's going to be spoiled in a couple of hours. Just like Red, make it hasty. Oh, you think it has haste? Oh, haste? Actually, yeah. They've been going with like non-traditional yeah, keywords, right? Flash, menace, trample. Flash is super classic blue. Yeah. Uh, it's primary blue and green. Okay. Uh, we've seen more flash creatures, I think, in green than in blue. But that might also be like... Because blue is mostly spells? <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say, it might be that like green creatures with flash are often better than blue creatures with flash. We're going to ignore Snapcaster Meat, because that's <laughs> it's not really a creature. So, in terms of Gear Hulk, you're like, I guess it is a creature. It's a 5-6. Yeah. So, uh, that's it. <laughs> Follow us on social media and the internet. Uh, I'm Ryan. I'm Katie. I'm in. And this is... Spoiler, Spoiler Season! season.